wondered what goes on in the mind of your favorite writer? The emotions. The emotions. Each lie. Everything put together into one book. An experience to cast your mind into a world of endless possibilities. This is Bookcast with Michael Olatumbosu. Today, we have a collection of poems before us. It is titled Wandra Cantos, written by Remiraji and published in 2021 by Knowledge. The author, Remiraji, is Professor Aderemi Raji Oyelade, is a multiple award-winning poet. Between 1997 and 2000, he was chairperson of the Ohio State Chapter of the Association of Nigerian Authors, ANA, and from 2011 to 2015, he was the national president of ANA. Remiraji's works have appeared in both local and international journals and anthologies including Voices from the Fringe, Times Review, 25 Nigerian Poets, among many others, and he has read and performed his works in different parts of Africa, Europe, and the United States of America. Professor Emiraji teaches in the Department of English at the University of Ibadan. Wandra Cantus is his seventh book of poetry. The poet opens the collection, Wanderer Cantus, with a metaphor of death and scattered carcasses in lands where the people are conquered collectively and individually drained and dismembered. The poet persona here reports to the reader that his land is one where death is dished out by the installment. In the work, the parts of the poet persona's travels are milestones, many of them marked by promises and failed promises. In the poem, The Thief Catcher of Daura, the poet paints for the reader a recurrent picture of capitulation by a famed self-styled thief catcher whose serial campaigns to fight corruption and solve the people's problems are merely hot air bravado, which have only compounded and aggravated the problems. The poet, in his wanderings, lands again in the midst of a wounded people who are waylaid by wandering herdsmen, rampaging and raiding the people of their farmlands and harvesting the blood of the farm owners for their cattle to drink and their crops for food. In this collection, Wanderer Cantus, the poet finds himself pitched somewhere between two groups of people, the Hailers and the Whalers, two groups of citizens whose differences are defined by the blindness of their reasoning. The poet persona is also here alarmed by the deadly docility of citizens who, despite their riches and status, continue to condone the reckless orgy of borrowing of their leaders. The poet wonders why even his colleagues, the philosophers and poets, as well as watchers of the polity, are not asking the hot questions of their leaders. For the poet, it is worrisome that people of conscience and the conscientious look on while his continent embarks on a certain train ride into damning deaths. Listen to the poet's reading from the poem, There's a new train coursing through our lands, Mandarin song. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumboson. I have been to the valleys and the hills of these lands. I have followed the trail of great rivers. I have supped with kings and commoners. I have seen the entrails of complicit men and women who till their banks, zip their lips, and kill their conscience. I have also climbed mountains with men who have the energy but have no voice. I don't know why we do not debate the delicate climate and our cunning ways. I don't know why we cannot argue about the revolution of the new slavery around us. I don't know why I am asking you if you know. 
There is a new train crossing through our lands. Faka fiki foku faka fo. Foku faka faka fiki fo. Fokak. Fokak is the choo choo train. The silent electric train, the new Amistad, hoisting the May flag from Cairo to Cape Town, from Kigali to Kampala, from Bujumbura to Banjul, from Lagos to Luanda to Lilongwe, from Arare to Kunakri to Nairobi, from Abuja to Accra to Addis, from Dakar to Dar es Salaam, from Maputo to Marrakesh. The captains are ready, the drivers legion. I don't know why the new scramble is that fierce yet unseen. I don't know why the passengers are silent and dying in these coaches of death. I don't know why the court of poets is not alive. I don't know why the conclave of thinkers is in trance, dead to the common fear aground. I don't know who to believe between the political economists and the economic politicians. They who bring the rotting meat to the square and feed their children with maggots. I don't know why. I don't know why we are not serving odd questions to these cold-hearted dealers. I don't know why we must beg a battered woman to marry a new rapist. I don't know why we worship the sun still while others gather the rays to steal. I don't know why we watch foreign matches, why we don't ignite matches on blighted streets. I don't know why we have been too silent, complicit, silent for too long. There's a new train crossing through our lands. Faka fiki foku faka fo. Foku faka faka fiki fo. The new train of the new slavery is up. Coming. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. I'm discussing the collection of poems, Wanderer Cantos, written by Professor Remiraji. In this work, the poet weaves up an image of a cursed nation which is on a blind journey into endless carnage, a wasteland destined for destruction. And once this nation that is redemption from this looming misfortune can only be reversed when the nation's sons and daughters come to a wakefulness. But one might be tempted to ask, which sons and daughters? In an earlier poem in the collection, the poet shows us the characteristics of these sons and daughters. In the poem, Generations on the Burning Stick, the poet, in his perpetual travels, finds himself at Lekki, where he tells us about those sons and daughters, as those who silently witness the state-managed slaughter of their compatriots, but will not wait nor faint for palliatives, yet more resilient. The poet says of this generation as ones who keep moving, refusing, questioning, tweeting, and swearing. In this work, we read the poet's persona's hot fiery words as they are garbed in subtle incantatory darts and how the poet thunders them at his fiends and society's enemies. They are so sweet to the ears but sour to the taste buds of the traducers. Hear him, and I quote now, those who shit silently in the riverbed of their bile, they who wait, gloating to see the wink of the crab, those who sleep by the corner, poised with fire to our bushels. United by a conspiracy of envy, they are now disappointed. Those drum desperate into dance whose bellies ache are the symphonies of simple success. Let them aim well and blast their own bitterness. Those who plant legumes will break pots. Those who plant wild winds will harvest the whirlwind. End of quote. However, in the poet's apparent anger against workers of evil, 
The poet persona embarks on a homily to these purveyors of lies to abandon their ritual of lies, charmed malice, cyclical hypocrisy, and bile. Reading these sharp missiles being spilled from the wet pen of the poet, one would be taken aback to note that the poet has a really soft side. For the collection, Wandra Cantos has a fair share of love songs. For instance, in the poem, I like it, the poet sings, and I quote, I like it when we tease. I like the compass of earth and sky. I like it when you do simple things in elegant ways. I like it. I like now. In silence, I think of your fair presence. I like it when your fullness is almost touchable. And when I am strong in my weakness or weak in spite of the strength you love. I like it. The way you forgive and compel. I like it. The way your eyes attract. Without long shadows. Without fearful mascara. Without a torpedo of pretensions. When your voice overflows from the distance. I like it. I like it. And I tell it to the winds. Each closing day without you is a thousand winks of the rainbow going home to rest. The colors still remain in our memory. I like it. When my river flows into your river. Now we belong to a shoal of wishes and dreams, and I like it. End of quote. In this collection of poems, the poet is in perpetual motion, and there's a chain of poems that gives the reader a vivid view of the poet's itinerary. There are poems about locations, about people, and the folly of the people, and there are poems about common issues and everyday experiences of the poet in his journeys. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatunbosun. I'm discussing Wondra Cantos, a collection of poems written by Professor Remiraji. In the collection, the poet has talked in his encounter with the coronavirus pandemic. This section carries 15 poems that vividly lay out the poet's oscillations between reality and hallucinations, between bouts of trance and waking moments. For instance, in the poem, Note to Self, I Traveled, the poet is seen seeing friends who have long gone. Hear him. All those who left without consent came back. Harry carried me to Atukwe in Accra in search of a cure. Pius kept telling them nothing was wrong. Can't you see? He's just resting. Take him back, please. Give him the band. When I turned to reply, the doctor was muttering and smiling, setting my arm for another drip. Ultimately, the collection is a great work of art. A montage of colorful words deployed with candor and a testament to the poet's power as a wordsmith. And it's now time to meet my guest, the poet behind the collection, Wanderer Cantus. In this conversation, Professor Aderemi Radio Yelade speaks about the work, about his wanderings, and his views about some of the themes in his work. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. The collection before me is titled Wanderer Cantus. Professor Miraji is the author. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Let me start with the author's note. You wrote here that this collection is uh, just a collection of various expressions of wandering and birthing, of waiting, of loving, of passing, of reaping, and of surviving. At some point, you said that it's a patriot tale, a wondrous wand, and a survivor's note. Basically, you are in an unending dialogue with the land. How did you pack so much into this collection? My first collection, A Habits of Lifestyles, took uh, 13 years to form. This one is also going to be the longest long one 
in terms of composition um, between 2012 and 2021 actually nine years but the experience between 2012 and 2021 is far more intense compared to how I arrived at writing uh, Habits of Laughters in 13 years. Because the points were there, I only needed just to read and read and then put together. But this one, there are some poems that came within a month. There are some that I didn't complete until five years. I kept on revising and revising it because I knew that there's certain quality expected of my poetry. People have read Love Song for My Wasteland, Gather My Blood Rivers of Song, and so on. Webs so, of Remembrance. Webs of Remembrance. So I needed to challenge those those collections where they were actually contributory to the delay in this collection. Because 2013, I keep on saying I will write it, I will complete it, I will complete it. I had well over 50 poems as of 2019. And I kept on delaying until that experience that actually aggravated the completion of this, of this collection. And I felt, no, I think... I need to use it as some form of thanksgiving because Sea of My Mind had its own story. Mm. I had to complete it by March of 2013 when I took the manuscript directly to my publisher and then fell ill. And when it got eventually published, I said, oh, this is what I spent all of my... It's like sometimes I walk myself to a point of, sometimes, I'm sorry to say, recklessness, that there is always something relieving celebratedly and liberating when you finally put the collection to bed. So when this one finally got published, I felt, yes, this is why, or this is a reason for the experience. And I realized from one poem to the other, it's all about wondering. Whether you can wander on the same spot or you can wander from one end of the world or one end of the city to the other. It has to do with movement, with kindnesses. And that has been my experience. The first poem struck me in a lot of ways. And this is the way I describe that first poem. I said, in this poem, you have a harvest of death that is dished out by installment. You've seen so much in your travels. Mm. But here, you found yourself in a situation where you have to look around mm. and see death. But not just death. Death that is dished out by installment. Yes. Tell me about this, your experience of this travel experience. Yeah, there are some travel experiences I've had directly. There are others that I've had vicariously. I want to know what is what is happening in different parts of the world. I have never been to Syria. I've been to Macedonia once. I've never been to Mecca. I've never been to Gaza or Ramallah. But I followed, as a student of politics and history, I followed the kind of despoliation that the people have experienced the kind of destruction uh, daily you know, that have happened on the people. But, and I begin to compare that with what I have seen myself in places like Yanya. I've heard about Odi, Jesse, Baga, and the rest of them. These are places even in Nigeria that I have not been to. But I have had first-hand experience from people who have been victims. I have a niece who currently is even in the eye of the storm around Borono State, and the prayer is we, we have to find a, a, a way of evacuating the family, mm. you know, from, from that place. Because mm. the next day is not certain. Even if the money is certain, the next moment is not certain for the survivor of the people. Mm. And so it's like everybody is vanquished or is a victim to be vanquished in the next moment. 
in your travels, you found yourself traveling by the backyard of a thief catcher. In your wanderings, you found yourself also amongst the people whose land had been degraded, whose land had been, you know, really cultivated and their bloods squeezed to water the ground. You've seen wandering herdsmen rampaging and raiding the people of their farmlands, mm. harvesting their blood for their cattle mm. to drink. Mm. This is a serious matter that when you bring it outside of the book and put it within the geographical expression called Nigeria, mm. you find a perfect fit. You must have serious, serious thoughts about the situations around the country, particularly the carnage that is visited on the people by these rampaging herdsmen. The situation that they have caused has defied solutions so far. What are your thoughts about how to get out of this hole, sir? We, we waited for it. It was an economic problem. It was an environmental problem, which, which snowballed into a political problem. About 20 years ago or more, I'd been a victim of the Edda's menace, you know? in your town, where my extended family had a large piece of land, hectares of land. And then I had, I called friends, colleagues to, to come do farming with me. And what we could take was only for the first year harvest. The harvest for the following year were destroyed in just one night of stampede of the heads. This was 1989 or thereabout. It was 1989. And nothing could be done because the headsmen then were almost part of the community. So there's always a way by which communal resolution comes, where there is some kind of uh, resolution after the farmyard or the farmland had been destroyed. There's always a way that, you know, the community accepts the error and then life continues. This was almost like the age of innocence, that the elders and the farmers were both industrious in their different ways. But the heads do not know. The headsman will know the limits of the graceland. But the heads do not know. So they go and they destroy the system. Alright? But how would that what we consider to be an economic problem, an environmental pro uh, uh, problem, how did it become a political problem? Because some people realized that we could use this to destabilize the system. It was not just an internal problem, it became a regional problem. It became a sub-regional problem, a West African problem. And so the history is all out that there were fifth generation Fulani families in Oyo North. There are fifth generation Fulani families who are even within the city. Only if you ask them, they could trace their family origin back to Mongono, to Shafa. Yet, we've been living in harmony among ourselves. Something broke. Something broke because we have to trace it back to the destruction of the Libyan economy. And then the migration to the south of so-called renegades of the war who later became bandits who, for their own economic reasons, they became fundamentalist religionists and then they link up with those who within our own state were also religionists, Islamists, so to say. And so it was not an ecumenical Islam that was in, in vogue, that was in force. It was an economist Islamist agenda 
to ensure that the state is destabilized. That is my own reading of the system. These are difficult conversations, Prof. Yeah. We're not willing to go through this conversation to solve this, this situation. So we rather leave it that way. No, no, we cannot. We, it's important for you to deal with the problem at hand. It's important for you to deal with the problem and then let people come to the table. The job of the poet is to interpret. The job of the poet is to sometimes critique in such a way as to show the way, as to just give the key and then allow those who give the policies, those who are in governance, to open the door. The poet gives the key. The opening of the door, the setting of the table, the assurance of stability will be left to the political juggernauts, to those who are in the technical field to do. Okay. Yet, the word must be shared. We must break the word. We must speak to ourselves. I just told you that the recent conflict, at least between North-South, in terms of the earthmen encroaching upon land, mm. is politicized. It has always been there. Many years ago, there has always been you know, misunderstanding between the farmers and the elders. There was a time that the president of the nation, when he was not president, visited Oyo State and assumed almost the position, not of an arbiter, but of a partisan member of a group and challenged the then sitting governor of Oyo State. What are you doing to my people? Now, the moment you begin that kind of dialogue, you cannot have a solution. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsunbosun. You ended by saying, when you have conversation that way, you cannot have a solution. In one of your poems here, Experiments to the Wasteland, you wrote here, you will father only bastards who will rule generation after generation after generation mm. until your sons and daughters come to a wakefulness and cry beyond this fear and that nightmare. Are you speaking of a woke generation or what we like to describe as a Sorosuke generation that you described in an earlier poem. Their characteristics are this generation tweets away, swears, and so on and so forth. But it doesn't seem to have the solution to the problem that is gallivanting around the country. Well, the solution is embedded, or maybe the path to the solution is already embedded in that very angry poem, Extremely to the wasteland that you will continue to act like bastards in your own land and you will father only bastards who will rule generation after generation after generation until that is what we are going to focus on until your sons and daughters come to a wakefulness and they go beyond the fear and the nightmare now who are the sons and the daughters that we're talking about they are the new sons and daughters, the new youth, the new age, the end or the, or the next generation that we have. But I'm worried, Steve, because every day I realize that out of, well, maybe the statistics may not be correct, but four, five out of ten uh, Nigerian youth wants to check out of this country. Everybody wants to get out of this country. And these are the sons and the daughters I was referring to. So if they don't come to that realization, to that wakefulness, to go to transcend that fear and the nightmare that we call the Nigerian nation. Who will rule for us? The bastards will still remain. Those who are not supposed to get close to the seat of power, they will continue to rule. You have a... Uh, I'd like to read from a note that I wrote here. Hmm. I, I wrote here, in this work, we read the poet persona's hot, fiery words 
as they are garbed in subtle incantatory darts, and how the poet thunders them at his fiends and society's enemies. They are so sweet to the ears, but so sour to the taste buds of the traducers. This is how I like to read the poet. Mm. Those who shit silently in the riverbed of their bile. They who wait, gloating to see the wink of the crab. Those who sleep by the corner, poised with fire to our bushels. United by a conspiracy of envy, they are now disappointed. Those drums despair into dance whose bellies ache at the symphonies of simple success, let them aim well and blast their own bitterness. These are the words that you have used to describe those who, you know, plunder the land. Hmm. You seem to have very powerful incantations against these people. Hmm. You are very angry as a poet. This particular poem you refer to is entitled Harsh Eaters. And I say that they are eating the suya of their sorrow. It just happens that the lines come and the lines, the words are weighed against the experience in the society. Shoyinka once said that until we begin to use words as bullets, you know, people will not realize that there must be change. The African-American poet, Mary Baraka said, just similar to what Shoyinka said, said that we must use poem. Poem must be grenades. There must be grenades to detonate all that that is almost morally decadent. All that that bring us down, that do not want us to, to move on as a people. So I still, I still struggle with words. I still try to see, to weigh those words like nuggets and see whether they are equal to the energies that I want to break. You know, it's like breaking the word, as I said. I, so the metaphors, the imagery, uh, sometimes to me, they have not served well the kind of um, detonation that I will want. So, well, but if you say that they are angry, that they are forceful, perhaps so, but for everything, if you want to destroy a bridge, you have to find the appropriate grenades, the measure, you have to look at the how are you going to distend it to such a way of breaking it into smithereens. If you want to break a door, and the door is made of wood, you use some different method as we use for a wood if you have to break down a door that is made of metal so there are poems about poems of affection about love that i write and people focus much more on the political poems the poet the poetic voice is not just hungry the poetic voice could be tender mm -hmm. but when you get to a place where you have to speak above your voice and then you have to use the appropriate word of thunder yes let them come professor emiraji when is your wanderer in this collection this poet mm. when is he going to settle finally let us look at the last poem that last poem seemed to have given a light to this to this answer the poet has experience he has moved from place to place and almost graphically he is rooted he has returned and that social or medical situation uh, global experience of the pandemic has almost immobilized the poet. And the poet says, my roots are deep, long into the teeth of earth. Stem, sap, and fluorescence, I shall return lightly. The poet, the wanderer is maybe in a place of rest and is where we don't know, we don't know what comes after that. But the wanderer still is wanderer.
what exactly have you put in this book? I mean, this collection mm. for all of us Nigerians, because I saw somewhere in your in your work where you were angry even at the docility mm. of the people. What do you have to kick us to life in this work? Well, what I try to do is to take on different voices. There's a voice of lamentation there, clearly. There's a voice of hope. There is a voice of the poet who is almost unsure, who is almost uncertain of what comes to his environment. But there's also the voice of tenderness in hope of better things. And of course, there's a voice of the patriot. There's a voice of the wanderer, as well as the voice of the artist who just loves the thrill of words sometimes. So I've put all of that there, and it is left for the reader to pick the ones that will appeal. But absolutely, I would wish that the poems touch in the right places and it will affect some psychological change or, or redemption in the minds of the reader. I should not be asking you what next. What next? After this collection. After this collection, many other writings, many other works. I mean, this collection is more, it was a burden for me, as I said. It took mm. nine years eventually. It was, it was a burden. It has been in the way of many other works, many other works that I wanted, whether academic, creative, and just general readers. Uh, I've, you know, I've, had, I've written, even in this, I've, I've, I've written my sojourn into this into this poem some of the ideas that i've put in my travelogues some of them are included in this collection but i have a whole long series of essays about my journeys about my encounters and all of that and each time i want to write them i'll say go back to this collection complete it completely before you move forward so there are many other rivers to cross professor Emiraji, thank you for your time sir thank you very much you are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatunbosun. That was my conversation with Professor Remiraji, the poet behind the collection, Wanderer Cantos. I hope you liked it. I thank you for listening. I am Michael Olatunbosun. Thanks for listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatunbosun. Drop a comment and engage with Michael Olatunbosun on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Tumbosun. And join us next time on another episode of Bookcast. Bookcast.